When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is Cami Bell and I am joining you this week on our extra show as we do a quick review of um, Tuesday night's game against Liverpool at Anfield in the Champions League and look forward to Saturday's game at Ibrox against St Mirren. Joining me on um, this week's show is the ever-wonderful, ever-lovely Miss Laura Clark. Laura, thank you for joining me. Um, we've got a fair bit to unpack and stuff, but um, a, a difficult night, I think, at Anfield, it can be agreed. So much appreciated uh, for you coming on and talking to me about it. Not a problem, Cammy. The pleasure's all mine. Always enjoy talking all things Rangers with you. Let's jump straight into it then, Laura, because um, we went into our most recent Battle of Britain, and there's been a few of them over the years for sure. Um, as Rangers, not off to the best starts within the Champions League, I think it's fair to say, went to what I think were going to be prior to the draw being, um, being played out and uh, when the, the teams were drawn out of the hat, that was probably going to be the favourites for the group. Not so much as it's turned out now as we went to Anfield to face uh, probably one of the best Liverpool teams, certainly I can, I can remember in a good, good long while. And a Liverpool team, Laura, which I think it's fair to say um, on a European front and also domestically has probably stuttered a little bit in terms of what their expectations were going to be. How confident were you getting into the game based on obviously what we've seen thus far against Napoli and Ajax that Rangers could get down and make a good show of it? There's always the heart versus head thing with Rangers, certainly for me anyway. Heart thought naively probably Cammy that we could possibly go there and get a get a draw I certainly wasn't expecting us to go there and get a win but I think um that was a bit the romantic in me and a bit fanciful I think if you're being realistic yes they're maybe struggling a wee bit domestically this season but you can't look past the fact that they've been in three Champions League finals in five years a Liverpool team that are stuttering are still one of the best teams in Europe. And I think that the Champions League has been difficult, but probably not unexpected. Um I don't I don't I don't know about you. I don't think too many of us were going there um expecting us to win. Uh it's our first time in the Champions League in a decade. 
there's been heavy defeats and there might, might well be uh, a few more, but expectations for me aren't that high. I, I find them probably quite realistic when it comes to Rangers. People obviously said they were there to be got at defensively, they're weak. And then obviously the last 15 minutes of the game, and we might talk about the game a wee bit, the last 15 minutes or so, there were some positives in an attacking sense and we showed a, a bit more adventure. But by that stage, the game's gone. Liverpool are 2-0 up and cruising. Made their subs probably have one eye on Arsenal at the weekend. Uh, our two games against them are sandwiched in between two really big domestic games for them of, of Arsenal and Man City. But I think to assume that the way we ended the game in the last 15 minutes, thinking that we could have started that way based on that little bit of joy is is pretty naive and, and probably quite foolish. You, you start a game like that against a side like Liverpool, we would have been torn apart in the first 15 minutes, Cammy. Yeah, I think I agree. I agree with pretty much all of that. I think it's, it's as we go into the kind of the synopsis of the game, we'll, we'll kind of talk about where those kind of chances came up for us towards the tail end, as you say. But Rangers, I think, agreed with a, a, a your your overall intention of a pragmatic approach. Laura, they went three at the back with Connor Goldson, Ben Davies, um, now starting to, to to certainly make more starts for Rangers, which is obviously welcome, um, and a welcome start for me for Leon King. We know that the manager has spoken before about being able to try and use a back three with our fullbacks, obviously looking to be able to get a bit further forward. Um, I believe that that was one of three potential game plans against Borussia Dortmund at home last season. However, he started uh, with with a fairly defensive setup, which I think, as I say, you completely hit the nail on the head earlier on. Uh, the idea basically was to make sure that we could at least be able to absorb some of that attack because Liverpool did come out very offensively. A front four of Mohamed Salah, Diego Jota, Nunes and Lucia certainly. Um, certainly cost more than a couple of quid to put together I think it's fair <laughs> to say um, another interesting um, couple of options that the manager executed were um, Malik Tillman on the right hand side and also Alfredo Morelos uh, coming in to start um, in place of, of Tugel wonder Tony Cholak from uh, the game against Hearts at Tynecastle at the weekend Laura I think on paper, when I saw that lineup, I was I, I was okay with it. I could un, I could understand it. I think that Tillman out on the right hand side is a bit of an experiment, but the that's not necessarily Tillman's fault. We haven't addressed our right side issues, or we haven't addressed it during the close season. I'm 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 going to give some degree of latitude towards the fact that we know that there's been a problem there, and you can't always hit it out the park first time when you bring in a signing. But we've we've really struggled out in that right hand side. We don't seem to be able to try and have an answer for it. Alfredo Morelos coming in for Cholak. I think everybody would would be happy to accept we've got two strikers. Which um, again, obviously Alfie getting his goal at Tynecastle on on um, on Saturday obviously meant that he's he's coming back into probably full match fitness. That was a comfortable decision. But overall, I think we knew that he was going to pretty much be there to help. Um, a part of uh, of what Cholak maybe can't do so well, which is hold up the ball um, and probably wait for reinforcements to come if we got a rare venture up the park. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said. The, the t- it would be hindsight punditry to say after the fact that, that we were unhappy with the team. I certainly didn't see anybody who was saying that they were unhappy. I liked the balance of the side. 
I like the the idea of it, but then obviously the game starts and it it didn't quite go to plan. The the Tillman on the right issue, um, he, he, let's be honest, he was really poor on Tuesday night, as were a couple of others. John Lundstrom, who I'm a big fan of, and James Tavernier, really not at their best. Uh, I think maybe a wee bit overwhelmed by the occasion. I I, I don't know. Um, but Tillman, Tillman on the right, it worked against PSV. It, it obviously didn't work on Tuesday night. We just haven't addressed that issue, as you said. We've, we've, we've tried Hadji there, we've tried Orfield there, we've tried Tillman there. Um, maybe Matondo's going to get an opportunity there, although at his previous club he played on the left-hand side. Um, so is there a, a possibility of moving Kent from the left over to the right? Or maybe, I don't know, what do you think, Cammy taking Kent out altogether and letting him have a wee rest for a couple of games? Because he's struggling for form as well. I think I would have went for Morelos over Trulak. I think everybody would have, and, and that's unfair on Chulak because obviously domestically he's been really, really strong, but you think maybe Alfie will give you that bit more outside of the box and, and cause Liverpool a, a few more problems. Unfortunately, that wasn't really the case, but again, didn't get any service when when we did get the ball. We couldn't keep it for, for any period of time, but... Tillman started very well. Uh, he's sh- struggling a wee bit now. I think that the frustration with him is he seems quite laid back, quite relaxed. Um, he's, he takes quite a lot of touches domestically and he sometimes doesn't have as much time in the ball as he thinks and he certainly doesn't have as much time in the ball in Europe as, it, as he may think. And I think people are growing a, a little bit frustrated with him. But I would... Uh, I wouldn't be against him starting on Saturday in his, his natural position or his favourite position, which is uh, a number 10 through the middle, because he certainly can create things domestically. But I think playing him out on the right-hand side and you're asking him to do a lot of defensive work, I, I just felt he looked a bit lost. He did. And listen, there's a part to that. There's a lot of that, I think, to, to, to unpack when you talk about Malik Tillman, because had it not been for Malik Tillman, we wouldn't be playing in the Champions League exactly. I mean, in terms in terms of what he's brought into us already. So he kind of needs a little bit of, I think, a little bit of leeway because you're right, he has gone off the boil. That's exactly the phrase for it because it feels a little bit like we've tried to utilise. I certainly thought maybe this was the manager's intention, maybe it wasn't. But I felt that part of what we were trying to utilise with Tillman wasn't about pace up and down the wing. Of course not, because we've got other options that are you know, better at being able to try and and use their speed to be able to try and get forward. If we're talking about the break, you mentioned Matondo, Sakal, obviously been another one. Tillman, for me, felt like an option to, to really help hold the ball up, to be able to try and go hunting to recover the ball, which we've seen him do countless times for Rangers. Um, but because he can he, he can take care of the ball, uh, take care of the ball, and he can control it well. And what I mean by that is that he knows when to release it, he knows when to, to keep a hold of it just for a, a slight second or two more in order just to be able to create space and opportunity for those players looking to, to get it back off of him. I could understand that thought process. He had a bad game, right? Let's let's call a spade a spade. We are absolutely not suggesting for a single minute that, you know, there is larger problems there because I think... He um, wasn't the only one. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I was about to say. Tillman was not alone in that. And I don't think it's it's... 
down to the fact that there's a lack of motivation. I don't think there's anything to do with it. I think in some instances we just looked a little bit too nervous. And it's a a basis of a Rangers team which has done that before in Europe, I might add, where we just took a little bit longer to be able to almost give the impression that we um, we belong at this level. Because we didn't enter this competition by winning a raffle. We fought to be able to get into it. We had to be able to overcome difficult teams in order to be able to get to this stage. Yes, the group stages have not went anywhere near as, near as well as we'd hoped. But within this, I think that there's an element of this where we just lost the ball a bit too easily. Some passes went astray. We flapped at things a few times. I think that it's a difficult thing to do after you concede you know, in six minutes is to be able to try and regroup and be able to come back into the game. And McGregor, I think, I mean, I lost count, Laura, right? But I think by about 40 minutes, for me, he had stopped at least four goals, three or four of them from Nunes himself. Um, the commentator, I remember, made a, a, a remark around, you know, it looks like he's having a personal battle with him. Well, if he, you know, if he was, yeah, I think he said he, he would see him when he closes his eyes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. However, um, that all being said, when we did get a hold of the ball, when we did look to be able to try and 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 utilise it, it just felt like it fell apart through our own making. There was a lot of unforced errors. Tillman, I think, was party to that. But as you rightly say, there were a number of other players who were exactly the same, and and. I want to be able to try, I don't want to necessarily focus on that as a negative because I think as part of the overall ambitions of the club, the board and, and certainly the players themselves, we have to th- look at the Champions League venture this season as a launch pad for me. That's what we have to be able to do. I am not suggesting for a single minute that we can't um, you know, match Liverpool or the elite level clubs in terms of their expenditure. And Bronker said exactly the same thing, um, obviously, after the Ajax game. But, adversely, we also did pretty well for the first 60 minutes against Napoli. Now, Napoli, I think, I mean, I think they're going to win the group, is my honest answer. I don't know who can stop them at this stage. But that being said, we can play well. We've shown it already. Um, and I think when you saw the players just being a wee bit sloppy with the ball, Laura, I think that was what probably compounded the frustrations for a lot of the fans. I think so, yeah. And you go long periods of time without the ball, then when you do get it back, it can be a bit of bit of panic almost. And a couple of things that we saw from the players in terms of giving the ball away, quite out of character for them. But it's that thing: you're tired, you're pressing. You've went a long period of time without the ball, and then when you do get it. You know, it's a bit of hot potato and I thought there was a lot of that just turn it, work hard to get possession back and then you turn it over right away but again that comes from the quality of Liverpool they're a very very good side and they force you into mistakes because they obviously work very hard and put you into positions and that you don't want to be and their press is very good and they cut off those passing lanes I'm not, I certainly wasn't expecting us to go toe to toe with Liverpool, as I said, because they would have torn us apart. But I think that I would like to have seen a bit more belief and a wee bit more desire. Just small things. There was a couple of times headers unchallenged. You know, a guy might be taller than you, but still go up and compete and give him a nudge. 
couple of times you'll recall on the the, the side of the box there was a, a time I think it was maybe Nunez or Diaz I can't honestly remember and they went past Tavernier and Davis and Tav just give up really he sort of looked at the sky that he obviously had been done but you just you can't there's not a, there's not time there's not a split second to do that you just have to <laughs> to work and try to get into a position to to affect the play again and stuff like that I can understand fans being frustrated with I as I said certainly wasn't expecting us to go to Anfield and win but I was certainly a bit disappointed with the the lack of belief and that I think would be a frustration across the board just have to compete a wee bit more as you say this this is the launch pad but uh, you just have to compete in the right areas and you can't go into these games before they start and think that you're you're beaten before the whistle's even blowing and it's it's not it's never for Rangers just about turning up it's not we're in the Champions League now happy days and and tick that off we want to see desire we want to see our players competing and I just felt that 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 was a wee bit lacking on Tuesday night and that was a disappointment for me. And listen, I know that we've we've spoken before, um, you know, in terms of how the season has started and, and you know, we've, ha- we've had some heavy defeats and it's probably led to, I think, a, a bit of turbulence within the fan base in terms of some, in my opinion anyway, some, some overly critical uh, feedback aimed towards the players. I think that you have to allow them a human element where, as you rightly say, you might get overawed by the occasion. As an athlete, you want to be able to get and do that, but when you're getting pulled from pillar to post by players who, I mean, personally speaking, I don't think Salah had a, a fantastic game on Tuesday night, but he didn't stop, and Barisic is going to have to continue chasing him no matter what happens. But then most of it started to come through the centre, which means obviously your three centre-halves are in there, one of whom being obviously pretty inexperienced. The other one, in terms of Ben Davies, finding his way within the team now, even though he's obviously been here for a few months, but we have to you know, make those allowances. I think we can separate, and I think it's fair to separate the criticism of you know, not taking care of the ball, just not finding the right pass versus this idea of you know, a, a learning curve that these players have to get at when they play at this, this top level. Um, and listen, of course, you know, we know about last season, we know about the Europa League run, but this is now the difference in terms of that that quality, right? Absolutely. Um, I think the, the other thing for me as well, Laura, just, just on that point as well, is the challenge you've got with an application that Liverpool are applying, you've, you've said it yourself, if they were to, I think if we were to land a glove on them, if we were to take the, the leader equaliser, whatever, I still believe they had another couple of years that they could have went into. But Liverpool were hungry. And they had to get a result. There's no doubt about that. And as you said before, with how they've been performing domestically and obviously within Europe and stuff, they've had to be able to get something. They would have looked at this as a, a, a you know a must-win game, but certainly not in a in any realm whatsoever that they could have dropped the three points that they could have they could have got against this. I was speaking to a, a Liverpool fan today actually, and he said exactly the same. He said in no in no world could Liverpool have gone into that game and not won. Obviously, under a little bit of pressure because of their domestic form, had to win the game. Knew they had to win the game, and he said. And obviously, like a lot of people in Northern Ireland, have a 
have an English team but have a fondness for Rangers or people who support Rangers maybe follow an English team uh, a little bit and he said that exactly what you said if, if Rangers had caused an upset or uh, taken the lead unexpectedly he said the quality on Liverpool's bench you would have ex- expected it to have, to have been shown you know and they could have made the changes and so on I just think there's a balance to be struck. Obviously, last season, I think it's fair to say we overachieved in Europe. So maybe that's give us unrealistic expectations. I don't know. But the jump from the Europa League to the Champions League, Cami, it, it isn't just one step in the ladder. Um, it's our first time in the Champions League in a decade. It, it's going to take time. As I said, there's been defeats, heavy defeats. There might be there might be more, but as you said, this has to be the launch pad. We have to keep coming back to the Champions League table year on year, bank that money and invest that money in the, the playing squad continually. So we can get to a place where we can say we absolutely belong at this level, because I, I don't think right now we can, we can say that. And I don't mean that in a defeatist manner, I just being realistic about it and feel comfortable there and to be able to say, yes, we're a Champions League football club. And the only way that that is possible is through qualification year on year, because you mentioned it earlier, we know the gap between our domestic revenue and other European leagues. It's not so much as a gap, it's a chasm. And the only way to continue get uh, to get to the Champions League table is to win our league. And we, we need to ensure that we're doing that. The second half, Laura, I think um, almost, you know, minute for minute, um, we, we had a, a, a penalty given against us for what I think was was a pretty fair decision. I, I, I don't really know too many people who were arguing the toss about the fact that um, Lewis brought down. It's it's a little bit of a clumsy challenge. I, I'm not going to blame Ben Davies for the free kick that he gave away in the first half. I am not going to blame... John Lindstrom or Leon Kiff for what's happened here in terms of conceding the penalty. Mo Salah steps up, um, puts it down the middle, beats Alan McGregor, who I think was everybody's man of the match. Having read some of the English press about it as well, everyone was absolutely blown away by Alan McGregor. Great to see him coming back into a bit of form in terms of that because we know he'd had a dip last season. There was obviously conversations about whether or not we would retain him at the club. He's, he's chosen to stay on for another year and I think he's now aged his way back in to the number one slot with performances you know, such as that, because he did keep it very, very respectable. You said earlier on, and I completely agree with it, Liverpool, I think, started to, to slow it down probably with about half an hour to go. Um, we started to make some changes within that, and I think you know, with Tillman going off, we're looking to be able to try and inject a little bit of pace on the right-hand side and being able just to try and create some opportunities. Um I think that those chances started to come, but exactly as you said, when you're looking at the last 15 minutes, you're, you, the game is kind of pretty much done and dusted, I think, from Liverpool's aspect. Had we got one back, I think Liverpool still, with the personnel that they had in the field at that time, could have been able to score at least one, if not two, just to be able to, to keep us down a little bit. The thing I want to talk about within this, now, Laura, is you mentioned obviously our respective differences in terms of what we are dealing with, both on a European stage and domestically, and I think that's very interesting because we know that for Rangers there are a number of games across October which I don't think any of them could really be, you know, put to one side. 
um, you know, from obviously league domestic cups, Europe. Liverpool, um, as, again, as you mentioned, have obviously got an Arsenal Man City doubleheader coming up against that. It's fine to be able to try and rotate around your resources. What I'm interested in, what I'm kind of keen to get your take on is, are we able to do that as a kind of yin and yang within Europe? Because I think that we need to talk about how we move from using our main starters who probably need to be given a little bit of a rest if we can use them for Europe, okay, fair enough, but we can't allow any slippage now, I don't think, domestically. The break of the World Cup plus winter break, everything else happening at that period, I think, creates an unnatural gap and a break within the domestic season. So I think we have to do as much as we possibly can now to maintain a run and to maintain momentum, but that's incredibly difficult when you talk about the teams that will play in Europe in that regard. Is it fair to say now that we need to consider looking at being able to give players like James Tavernier, like Ryan Kent, a little bit of a rest, even if it's going to be domestically, so that we can allow them to come back in on a European stage if it's going to be a games that potentially are going to be a wee bit out of reach for us? It's, it's a very difficult uh, question to answer. And the team how people feel about the team selection we mentioned it with Liverpool is very much results based if you rest on Saturday against St Mary if you rest James Tavernier John Lundstrom maybe and another uh, and we win that's brilliant we've used the squad if we were to drop points uh, why did you rest those players we have to play those players in the big games I, it's, there's a balance to be struck, and uh, I'm not certainly not the manager of Rangers, so I'm glad it's not my decision. But I think we have a squad there, and you can't be in a position. And I feel like we we were there in the past of oh, isn't it great to have a squad until you have to use it? You know, oh, it's great we have these players until they come in and you think, oh goodness, he's playing. I don't think we're quite in that situation anymore. Not wholesale changes, but I think there is opportunities to take certain players out in certain games. Obviously, Saturday against St Mirren, they're third in the league. They're they're in a good run of form. But it, it's still St Mirren at home. I, I don't know if I'd be taking James Tavernier out. There's, there's obviously an issue there. We know he's had an injury in terms of conditioning and his, his physical attributes, which we is what he's renowned for. He, he certainly doesn't look himself, but at the same time, with the, the amount of staff in the medical department and the sports science department, he's obviously fit enough and well enough to play and a bit like Goldson, he will want to play. Um, I just I, I just don't I just don't know um, if I would be wanting to necessarily make wholesale changes, but I do think there's opportunities Certainly at home to St Mirren, you could play Leon, you could play four at the back, obviously you play Leon King beside Connor Goulson, but then at the same time, Ben Davies has missed so much football that you're trying to get him up to speed because you'll then want them to play on Wednesday night against Liverpool. So do you give them the minutes on St Mir- against St Mirren just purely because he needs them? I think there's there's an opportunity for the likes of Charlie McCann to come in there, but at the same time, you're not necessarily going to play a, a double uh, defensive midfield pivot there. Can I see John Lundstrom dropping out of the side? Not necessarily, but I think 
Ryan Kent needs a rest, certainly for his uh, his own sort of mind, uh, and that mightn't help taking him out. But he, he, his confidence looks shot. I think Matondo has struggled, obviously, but he's seemingly playing himself back into form. He prefers to play off the left. Is there an opportunity to play him on the left? And Fashion Sakala even seems to be, uh, he was very much out of favour, but he seems to be coming back into the fold and, and Scott Wright has fell down the peck in order to play a front, uh, front line of Fashion Sakala. Do, do you play Chulak or Morelos? Again, that's the question. And play Matondo on the left. If I saw that on Saturday uh, when the, t- the tweet, the team lineup, Cami, I wouldn't be disappointed by that, but maybe other people would. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Well, see, this is the this is a difficulty, right? You mentioned it, obviously, Ryan Kent looks a bit short of confidence, but yet he scores against Hearts in, you know, the dying moments of the game, but it wasn't... And, and, it's assist, not, and assisted as well. Yeah, so. exactly. And so this is what's always interesting for me, right, in the world of, of, of the Rangers fans' mentality, because we've talked about, you know, Kent hasn't been playing well enough, it's not good enough, we're not happy with him, but by the way, can we move him out to the right-hand side because there's a problem there? So therefore, we're now talking about moving him out of position to be able to accommodate what we've already identified as a weakness within the team. But yet, as you rightly say there, we could still remove him from the firing line, but yet he's just, you know, scored a goal. And, and, and a great goal, I might add. I mean, a fantastic goal. That's why I was saying it wasn't. Whilst I admit the fact that the game was done and dusted and the result was in the bag, it was still an excellent goal and something which will hopefully give him a bit of trajectory in terms of boosting his confidence, being able to try and take all that as well. But we could play him on the right-hand side now, and if we continue to give him that game time, that's going to end. James Tavenier, I am not convinced, is necessarily fully fit because I think he has played through an injury. Very rarely within a Rangers team do we get a player only missing one or two games with injuries. Chris, usually they're out for about six or seven weeks <laughs> to begin with. So that in itself is kind of quite abnormal. But then at the same point, you know, and, and I expect, especially from James Tavenier, right, who I think from setting an example with regards to the degree of professionalism in terms of being, you know, a, a mainstay, a constant within the team, he will want to play. He won't want to be rested unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, but maybe sometimes there is a conversation about dropping a player for their own good. And that's a horrible term, right? I don't really mean that. Rest a player. But dropping a player purely to give him a rest. Do you know what I mean? Not because you're concerned mm-hmm. by an overarching performance or maybe a drop or anything, you know, in terms of skill or, you know, attitude or attitude. Just to give you a rest. Maybe just to take a little bit of time out to come back refreshed. Because I'll tell you the now, you know, if he doesn't play against St Mirren, then he will play against Liverpool. There is absolutely no doubt about that for my mind. So you could have the conversation with Tavenier to say, look, take a breather, let the boy come in. If Devine wants to come in and, and you know, give us a, a, another option within that, continue his development, and then I wouldn't have a problem with it per se. Well, sitting in their third in the league, and I think they're four points behind us or whatever, they're in a good, decent wee run of form. I, you know, we will win on Saturday. I'm very comfortable in terms of saying that because I think that we can go with the right attitude for it. We know how important Saturday will be for us. But again, as you mentioned, some of the players there, Matondo, Sakala, Scott Wright, these players, I think, Laura, are probably doing what they can to try and encourage the manager to consider them, whether that's their, their training well, you know, the, the, their attitude is on point, all of that kind of stuff. Van Bronckhurst wants to be able to give him an opportunity and he's done that with players before we've seen that since he came in you know a year ago 
the most important thing I think for me now, Laura, is that we're going to have to think about the longer term running games and and the fixture schedule within that space. We will not be able to play a regular eleven, a regular twelve, without having to rotate. Fatigue will set in. That causes injuries of its own accord. We are struggling, I think, to get players back from injury. Um, Kamal Roof is is apparently ready to go. My concern, Laura, is you know we could play him. In, we could play him on Saturday, and he could be out for another couple of weeks. Yeah. That's not his fault, right? I'm not pointing the finger. I know he's recovering from a really difficult injury. I understand all of that. But I really don't think there's too many Rangers fans out there who would say, well, we'll rely on Kamal Roof between now and the break because we know he'll play consistently all the time. Because, again, he's 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 injury-prone and I also think, to a certain degree, he's quite unlucky as well. Yeah, he, he is. He has been unlucky. I, I'm looking forward to him coming back, but it's with that caution of he just can't get a run of games maybe four or five games he seems to be fit for and then he's then he picks up an injury again you're absolutely right though that we're going to need this squad we're going to need to get guys back we're going to need to be able to trust people to come in and do a job we have 11 games between now and the 12th of November what's that Cammy? just just over five weeks so that's a lot of football and when players are fatigued, that's when you do pick up little niggly muscle, muscle injuries. And we don't want to add to this ever-growing injury list. So we are going to have to manage players' minutes and we are going to have to trust them. So we need the likes of Ruth back, as you say, the likes of Tav, if he has an injury. And he want, he's wanting to play through it. But if he was to break down altogether and, and that injury was to be compounded and to become serious, then we would really be in trouble because we obviously we have young Adam Devine but we don't have anybody else and if, if Tavernier was to get injured and we're expecting um, the young lad to come in and play all these games between now and the World Cup that is, is not an ideal situation we know we're obviously short of bodies in midfield Roof's I, I don't know it'd be interesting to see how Roof will fit back in obviously because Cholak has come in, he's scoring a lot of goals. Again, it's it's more competition. I am still I, I don't think it's gonna happen, but I'm still very much on the let's see what Alfie's like on the right hand side train. Um I don't think that it's going to happen, but I would like to see it and that presents or provides an opportunity to get both of them into the team and then you know you can take Cholak off after an hour if hopefully we're winning comfortably uh, and then you can bring Roof on and, and get minutes but it's it's just about managing the minutes and, and managing the load and players do need to be involved you can't have a guy not play for three four games and bring him in out of the cold and then expect him to do a job so it's really up to the team to, to be comfortable in the domestic games which is what we want to see maybe three three nil up after an hour and you can utilize the five subs and bring guys in in a less pressurized environment and, and let them build up their match fitness and get minutes and uh, the, the starting players to to obviously get a rest. There's there's not uh, a starting eleven 
per se in, in modern football it is very much a squad game. I don't think if we were all asked to pick our, our Rangers eleven, if you like, uh, not too many people would be the same. That's not how modern football is. So you have a big squad and you have to use it and you have to use it in the right manner. You do, and I think you mentioned something there which I think has been it's been interesting as we talk about how the season has has started and how we're progressing into it now in terms of a comfort um, with the team. And I think, as I mentioned right at the kind of top when we were talking about the the the, the temperament, I think of the fan base. Just now we've we've I think we've been disappointed. We're certainly disappointed in the game at Parkhead. I think we have maybe had our our expectations recalibrated uh, within the group stages of the Champions League. But what I'm looking to see, Laura, is I, I want us to get more ruthless within some of the domestic games. I, I've made mention on, on certainly some of the shows on here and on our Patreon site about this idea that Celtic almost carried a little bit of a swagger. And to a certain extent, it felt a lot like um, teams were beaten before a whistle had been blown. And that's because they were racking up high-level scorelines, right? Now, we've been able to do the same thing this season, but I really want us to be able to try and get to a stage where we can potentially turn the screw. So if I'm Kamar Roof, for example, I think I'm going to have to accept the fact that I, I was never going to displace Alfredo Morelos even you know, prior to injury anyway. But we've brought in a, a guy who, for me, provides a different element, um, uh, but it still means scoring goals. Um, he's in a great streak at the moment. Now, you know, we're all old enough and experienced enough having watched football for a long time that you know that those streaks don't last forever so when they do it's about you know potentially giving them the opportunity to be able to come in and and again if we talk about giving them a rest or whatever and you know taking it from there but fundamentally we have two strikers right now who are scoring goals I've got to accept that from Kamar Roof now if it means then I'm going to play 20 minutes or 30 minutes towards the tail end of the game what we really want to try and get to is a stage that no matter who we are bringing on the opposition are looking at that going, Christ, I've just been given the runabout by this guy and now this guy is coming on. So it feels like as if, you know, it's going to be another hard task for them to be able to try and put, and then that's how you know that you can start to get that level of comfort because you're going out there, you are beating those teams by three or four goals, but you're not taking your foot off the off the pedal. There's an element to that, which I don't really concern myself too much with goal difference. I think we've kind of moved beyond this idea that goal difference is absolutely huge and we've not got that close to the line in recent seasons that goal difference has had to come into play. It's typically it's the points difference has been, you know, taking care of that. But at the same at the same you know, at the same conversation there has to be a degree of, you know, we can put teams into a bit of a fear state when they're coming up to coming up against this, whether or not, you know, you're coming to Ibrox. Um, having seen Rangers been able to try and, and beat other teams quite heavy domestically, the most important thing we can do now is start putting out our own statement about, you know, we're not going to get pushed over, we're in this league to be able to try and compete. And I also think that there is that conscious thing that, you know, if, if that lot are playing on the Sunday, for example, or the, we are the early kickoff, they're the late kickoff, if we start to rack up decent score lines, I think it moves the pressure back onto them. It moves the focus back onto them. And as we've seen certainly recently, they they you know can they can take you know a couple of decent results, but then start to falter themselves. So I think for me, it's really important to utilise that squad in a way that shows that we're willing to go out there and, and really just start making some really positive wins up in the board. It's 
scoreboard pressure, isn't it? You go out and play first. Yeah. You go out and you get the win. You get a comprehensive win. It, it can say that they, you know, sports psychology. Or we don't, we don't notice it. Of course, you notice it. Um, if the other team that you're competing with plays first. Oh, saw it on on the weekend. You're absolutely right. Give give hearts uh, plenty of problems. And then you see, you think, right, I'm tired, I'm, I'm struggling. And then you see that Alfie's coming off the bench and you think, oh, here's this guy who always scores against us. And no, no sentiment from Gio, obviously Chulak's on a, on a brace looking for a hat trick, but takes him off, ma- managing his minutes. Um, Alfie comes on, gets the goal, that's good for his confidence. And that's absolutely what you want to see. And it's great now that we finally have two goal scorers competing and they can interchange between domestic football and European football and they can take one off and uh, bring one on for the last half hour and he can get a goal but I want to see that across other positions uh, across the front three I think there's times where I think Kent plays 90 minutes most of the time and obviously even when his form is better which I've no doubt um, he will go back to, to better form still want to give them that rest if the game's the game's done and dusted uh, 15 minutes 20 minutes whether it be uh, Matondo or Sakala or whoever um, and it just gives the opposition something different to think about and it's fresh legs coming on and and you just want to really compound that that win and if you're 3-0 up we want 5-0 <laughs> and I know we've had a couple of 4-0s this season and it has been better to see and obviously the four nil against or three four nils the one against St Johnson Ross County and then again at the weekend but we want to see that more frequently we've had too many sort of struggling two ones or or one nil and obviously the stadium gets a wee bit nervous and obviously I think the players pick up on that so I want to see us, and we all do, Cammy. I want to see us absolutely running over the top of teams domestically, um, and there's no reason why we, we can't and, and shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, especially against the St Mirren team, which, like you say, is sitting third, has had a few decent results. Obviously, they beat Celtic a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, so they, they'll they come to Ibrox, I think, looking to be able to try and express themselves as well, Laura, and I think as you rightly say there, we need to make sure that we go out with a you know a strong foot forward. We need to be able to try and show a degree of dominance in terms of um, how we're going out with that. The, the last thing I want to talk about just before we, we, we wrap up, and obviously we'll look forward to St Mirren, um, you mentioned earlier on the midfield. It, it feels a little bit to me at the moment that it just, it's missing a bit of energy. It needs probably a little bit of positivity put into it and you know again we can sit and talk about yeah we've we've got uh, I think for me Van Bronckhurst almost has a little bit of a blind spot at times in terms of his use of defensive midfielders you said earlier on obviously the the uh, the idea of being able to try and play two against Mirren's you know it's not unexpected because he's done it before in terms of some of the domestic games but it does feel like there's just a, a gap in there. The injury to Tom Lawrence, I think, is definitely going to be a sore one. That's something that's been missed. But through the middle of the midfield, it, I just love to be able to try and see if we've got an opportunity um, to to express ourselves a little bit more positively, to be able to get a hold of the ball, to play it forward, to to, to penetrate from you know that kind of 10, 15 yards within our own half and move forward in a in a 
in a sweep to be able to try and look to create some more opportunities and chances. Alec Lowry is obviously coming back from um, quite a horrible injury he sustained. But at the moment in time, it looks like we kind of know what cards have been dealt with within that midfield. And I, I think that we could certainly do with looking at that as a little bit of a focus for how we can improve upon there. Totally agree. We've we've been lacking that creative spark in midfield for, for quite a, a number of seasons. We've talked about the need for a we classified as an eight in midfield. Tom Lawrence came in and, and really hit the ground running and then of course disappointingly picked up an injury and now we found out this week that he's now got a fresh injury and he's not going to be available until after the World Cup because he had addressed uh, some of those issues that we did have. Um, we've brought out uh, another strip and we've called it breaking the lines or some sort of ta- tagline like that. That's what we need in midfield, can we? Somebody, <laughs> somebody who will break the lines. We just ha- It's just the nature of the squad. We have a lot of players that are very similar in their nature. Uh, John Lundstrom, Stephen Davis, Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara. Four defensively minded midfielders. I know that Gio has tried on quite a few occasions to play Glenn Kamara as a 10. He's not a 10. It just doesn't work, in my opinion. That's why I'm keen to see young Malik Tillman be played in midfield through the middle as a 10, his preferred position, because he he does have that creative spark that you mentioned. Um, He's not maybe as interested in the the domestic side or a a bigger part in the, the defensive side domestically but that that's not his role that's not his job there's there's guys behind him to do that and I'm looking forward to Laurie coming back because I really think that he deserves an opportunity and with young guys like that they play without fear and they're bold and that that wee bit of gall- gallusness that we need and I just I just want to see us being a bit braver in midfield. And I think you're totally right. There is a, maybe a bit of a, a blind spot with Gio there. And our previous manager did it as well. Sort of treating games domestically more like a battle and thinking that we need these two combative midfielders when we don't necessarily. We, we need creative spark and we want, we want, almost like a front five if you like two guys that are going to go up and and join in with the front three Um, certainly one of them and I just feel it can be a bit of a slog in midfield at times and we're obviously not going to be able to address it in in terms of the personnel until at least January but I think we have to get obviously with Lawrence injured we have to give Tillman more opportunities through the middle in his preferred position and Alex Laurie as well when he's available yeah, and I think that, you know, everyone's wishing him a, a speedy return from injury because we know that Lowry's got a, a, a bag bags of potential and I think that as we're starting to see guys like Leon King being involved, you know, more frequently now as well, there's definitely a pathway there for some of these players to be able to come in and um, be involved within the first-team squad and, and obviously be involved within some of the first-team games on a more regular basis. Guys like Adam Devine and Charlie McCann obviously showing that as well and um, you know, Lowry, I think, was definitely tipped to be able to try and appear more frequently this season. The injury won't set him back, I'm certain of that as well, because, like you say, I've got a lot of faith in the young man. But we certainly look forward to him, hopefully, becoming a, an option pretty soon as well. 
Laura, that'll pretty much do us for extra for this week as well. I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. It's just good to be able to try and talk about all things Rangers. But um, a, a tough performance uh, against Liverpool at Anfield. But listen, the crime here is not going down there and not being able to, to compete with a team that, like I say, is worth you know exponentially more than your own. What we want to be able to do is learn from the experience and be able to try and take some of those learnings going forward. So it is very much the start of a journey. And I think most Rangers fans know that. I would hope I would hope so, yeah. I think we, we want instant results. It's just how we are as football fans. But at this level, we need to be patient. Uh, not something that we're renowned for, Cammy, let's be honest. But I think we need to sort of take stock and realise where we are. We're, as we said earlier, back in the Champions League for the first time in a decade, but we need to use this as the building blocks to to continue to develop. And we can only do that by, as I said, continuing to qualify for the Champions League year on year and, and banking that money. But it is a slow process, unfortunately, um, and, and patience is required. But... I have no doubt that that we uh, will continue to qualify and season on season uh, we will compete more and more and I know it see it, it'll seem uh, far away but in in five six years time that we can confidently say that we are a Champions League football club because right now we're just not quite there. Yes, definitely. But listen, there's work to be done and I'm, I'm sure that we'll look to be able to try and continue to, as I said, reset those expectations season on season. So over to Rangers for now. If you've enjoyed listening to Laura and myself, folks, why not jump over to our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, uh, where you'll be able to get up to five shows a day uh, about all things Rangers. Um, and also David will be back with you on Monday uh, with Heart and hand the flagship show as well so thank you very much to everyone for listening our thanks to our executive producers in london mr mike lee and paul myers and most importantly thank you so much to my guest uh, for this week's extra miss laura clark laura thank you for joining me thank you coming speak to you soon folks thanks so much now bye-bye Podcast Network.